Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Lovecraft Country Chronicles, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Mia Johnson and Natalie Zamora. Welcome, everyone, back to our Lovecraft Country Chronicles podcast. (laughs) This is our second episode. We're so excited to kick things off with you again. I am Mia Johnson, entertainment editor over at Fansided.com. We've got my co-host over here. Hi, I'm Natalie Zamora. I'm the managing editor of Floor 8. And uh, I'm super excited about today's show because we're going to be actually discussing the novel Lovecraft Country by Matt Ruff. Um, and we've also got a very, very special guest today on the line with us as well. Ian, introduce yourself. Hi, I am uh, Ian Levy. I'm the creative editorial director for Fansided. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to, excited to be on here. I really enjoyed the book. Awesome. So I'm actually, I'm going to, this time I'm going to let Natalie take over the situation because this is, I lied in the last episode. I <laughs> thought that I was making my way through the book. And the e-reader lied to me and I was like, oh, I'm doing so well. I don't have that much left to go. And I had a lot left to go. So (laughs) I am like still treading through this book, but I'm anxious to kind of hear what you all have to say about it. We're going to try to do like a spoiler free kind of discussion of the the book for this first half. And then for anyone who wants to listen to some spoilers, we'll talk about that at the end. So I'm just going to hand it over to Natalie and (laughs) we'll take it from there. (laughs) Okay, so we're talking about Lovecraft Country, the novel by Matt Ruff. Um, So I would say Atticus Turner is the main character in this book, and he loves Lovecraft. And it's funny because it connects back to our episode last week when we were talking about how Lovecraft is a bad person and a racist, and we still read his books, and we have to just recognize that he was a racist. So his dad and some of his family members don't understand why he likes Lovecraft so much. And they kind of bring up, you know, he wrote this terrible poem. He's a racist, da da da. And, you know, he just likes the science fiction. He likes it a lot. So him and his family kind of get involved in this like Lovecraftian kind of story themselves when they find out that Atticus is actually a, um, direct descendant of this very powerful white man who is like part of this weird cult thing called the Order of the Ancient Dawn. Mm -hmm. Um, And so his family kind of gets into this whole thing where they're like in debt with this order because Atticus and his family are black and this order creepy thing is um, they're all white men who are rich and very powerful. So without giving away many spoilers, they just have to do a lot of things for this cult order. Um, And so I guess just like general thoughts, I know you haven't finished it, Mia, but just from like the beginning, like what did you guys think? I thought it was really interesting that like a lot of very serious things happen, but it's kind of a light tone and the family just makes light of it and makes jokes. Like I thought that was really, really interesting. Like I wouldn't call the book 
I mean, it's a horror, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. call it, you know, depressing or scare, like scary in the sense of real life, if that makes sense. Like, they're all very like, we got this. And I'm like, <laughs> I would not have this. So what did you guys think about the tone and everything? Yeah. I, yeah. You know I ca- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mia. Okay. Yeah. I'll go first. And I'll pass it to you. I was going to say it. it I, I agree with you for sure. And I think when we were naming the podcast too, we were kind of having a brain uh, a brainstorm and we were like, well, do we want it to be something kind of like light and fun or do we, you know, is it going to be like super serious or especially mm-hmm. with the race? Cause race can be a really heavy subject. Yeah. Um, and it really is like, I wouldn't say light on the racism, but not necessarily heavy handed in the way that it's, you know, just like a strict history lesson or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's kind of like a, a light touch of horror. Like you do have these creepy moments, but it's more to me kind of like a mystery novel as well, because you're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, put all the pieces together and the clues. Um, and yeah, you do have like your ghosts and other stuff that I probably haven't <laughs> read about. But yeah, it's not it's not anything to where, you know, I really had to like hide under the covers as yeah. I was reading it. <laughs> Ian? Yeah, I think mystery felt feels like a more apt description than horror. Um, mm. And I know it, it gets a, a science fiction label in a couple places too. But yeah, I, I felt the same thing. It's uh, it's sort of like pulpy. It's more of like an adventure uh, novel maybe than than strict horror. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting how it took some uh, some very serious real life themes. Um, you know, discrimination, racial violence, um, you know, it's set in the Jim Crow era in the 50s. Um, and it deals with those, I, I think, in, in what seems like a realistic way uh, and sort of deals with them head on. But it, you know, it doesn't feel like a, a heavy, uh, it doesn't feel like a heavy book. It moves along quickly. It's fun. It's exciting. Uh, yeah, it's funny at parts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That makes me wonder like how we'll get to this towards the end of the episode, but it makes me wonder how the show is going to take that because the show looks really scary. So (laughs) I don't know, but we'll get to that. Um, Do you guys have any favorite characters or like any moments that stuck out without being super spoily? I will have to say, and we'll talk about it in the spoiler section, but I love Ruby. I think her whole story is so interesting. Um, What do you guys think? (laughs) let's see i will say i think letitia i've been trying to say this the right way uh right letitia is um i just kind of like that in the book and in the series she's really got this kind of fiery attitude um, yeah where she's kind of a fighter and I, i i think and i'll probably continue to talk about this how much i love like the superhero genre and all that stuff she's kind of i think everyone in their own right is kind of like a superhero in this book just like thinking yeah. back to the first scene um where they're at the diner and and i guess this isn't too spoily right they have to get <laughs> their self out of that situation and she's yeah. kind of there to to provide backup and i think that happens a lot of times where letitia just kind of like springs up to the rescue <laughs> and she's like dun, 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 i'm here to save the day you know from from the boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i would i i think she would have to probably be my favorite just kind of for that you know fearless mm-hmm. attitude that she she brings and I think she kind of contemplates too like she's dealing with her 
religious background and thinking about how does this fit in with who I am and, and everything that I know about the world and how that fits into this whole mystery of her finding out about magic and all sorts of weird <laughs> things mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> yeah. She was one of my favorite characters too. Um, you know, the, the book is sort of organized um, where, you know, each of the characters sort of has a chapter that's, that's dedicated to them where they're kind of the main uh, feature character. Um, and in, in her chapter, she's dealing with a supernatural creature um, and defeats it pretty much just with like stubbornness and willpower, <laughs> which is, uh, which I found really interesting, you know, like it's not, um, it's not violent. It's not whatever, you know, she's just kind of like, I'm, I'm not leaving. So uh, maybe you should, uh, you should accept me or tolerate me. Um, and it, it actually is an interesting parallel because, um, you know, in that section, she's also dealing with some, some white uh, racist neighbors who are trying to push her out of the neighborhood and she pretty much deals with them in the same way. And uh, similarly, Victoria. So yeah, she was one of my favorite characters. Um, and then I loved the relationship between um George, Uncle George and Montrose, uh, Atticus's father, you know, they're, they're half brothers, um, have some sets of shared experiences, some different ones. uh, And, you know, both kind of grew up in the same world, in the same society and have uh, really different viewpoints. Uh, You know, Montrose is, is sort of uh, serious and, um, you know, more has more sort of a revolutionary bent where uh, I think George is a, a little more sort of happy go lucky. And um, so anyway, I, I really <laughs> enjoyed both of those characters and the way they're sort of interacting in a couple different sections playing off yeah. each other. I was going to add kind of like how you said with the relationship between George and Montrose. I just really love I kind of like their their whole family as a unit. Yeah, um, especially because of their kind of like I would say like nerdy ish kind of smart tendencies but kind of things that you that well not you know the broader sort of media doesn't really associate with like you know black people or black families you know like liking superhero culture liking sci-fi movies and novels and reading and astronomy and all these things it's like Mm -hmm. hey yeah I, i like all these things too um so to for me it was kind of like cool to have that uh representation and just being like you know just like all people you know black people have a diverse range of interests you know that includes all those things i listed and i i kind of related to that so i just like that little touch (laughs) now that we're talking about it i'm like honestly i love all the characters yeah (laughs) they all have like their own little like quirky thing and they each of their chapters are so cool um So this book takes place in the 50s. So obviously racism is a huge factor. Um, It starts off just in the beginning. They have the guide that tells them where they're safe to go as a black person in every town or every state. Um, And then when, when Atticus goes to find his dad in the beginning of the book, they get pulled over. And without giving away spoilers, they have to get out of it somehow. And you know, it's just, it's every, every moment is them dealing with racism, but it's not like at the forefront of their problems. Mm-hmm. Like they're dealing with all of these Lovecraftian creatures and everything, but then they're also having to deal with racism. So it's super interesting to see the parallel. Um, and I wonder like, especially in the book, 
it's just like so like quick that like and it's so casual to them because it's happening all the time yeah. and they're just like more preoccupied with the monster or the ghost or whatever it is like I wonder if in the show it'll be much more serious and in your face because you're going to be watching it mm -hmm. um and since it does look like more of a serious show I'm just wondering like how they're gonna keep the balance between the horrors of race and the horrors of horror yeah yeah I'll answer to that a little bit <laughs> and that I think the I think the tone of the series kind of matches that of the book um, in regards to race. So again, yeah, it's not like super light and just like, you know, this mm -hmm. is happening. It's whatever. And it's also not like, I don't know. I don't know what the extreme of that would be, but it, it is just kind of like ingrained into it where it's like, yeah, this is an everyday occurrence for them. Yeah. Just like in the book. And it's like, you know, you're going to see these instances and it really is like two kind of demons, you know, talking at them like, you know, you've got supernatural happenings and then you've got like racist neighbors or you've got racist sheriffs and cops trying to to chase them down. So it really um, it really does kind of make you think. And I think that was kind of the whole purpose of this was to, to kind of think about how stuff like this really is still happening today. Mm -hmm. uh, like how we had, you know, all the protests that just recently happened within the last month or so. And, you know, I've been going on yeah. pretty much for the last couple of years. It's like, wow, I'm reading about this stuff, like, you know, somebody being harassed by the police or their neighbor or something like that. And it's like, it's still <laughs> going yeah. on. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking, a little bit of an eye opener, but also again, it's like not super surprising to know that these things are still going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a really, obviously, like, it's a kind of a central theme to the book. Um, I read some interviews with Matt Roth, and he talked about um, uh, that making that a, a sort of a central theme here was a sort of acknowledgement of, of Lovecraft's personal mm -hmm. history um, and, and sort of uh, personal racist acts and stuff. Um, and that he wanted to sort of put the, the supernatural monsters next to the real monsters. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that's in the show as well. And it will be interesting to see, um, like you were talking about, the book feels light. Mm -hmm. The trailers I've seen for the show don't look uh, tonally sort of the same. It looks a little <laughs> bit heavier and a little more serious. So some of those, some of these things, uh, you know, sort of could be handled in, in different ways in the series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also gender is a really big part um, of the book. And I think you said me of the show too. Um, so before we get into the spoiler part, I think that they do portray women as super, super powerful characters which of course I love um mm -hmm. even you know Ruby she's more of like a I'm scared of a haunted house I don't want to be in here but then she also can take a monster and do yeah. everything um and I feel like like the men are able to defeat things but they always need the woman there to like outsmart <laughs> someone yeah. or like do whatever it is I feel like the women are always one step in front of them and they don't realize uh, how yeah. do you guys think women were portrayed in the book? Yeah, I think the author, he definitely does an, an awesome job of kind of writing two women, writing, you know, kind of that strength in them. Um, and then kind of like within the deeper plot of everything, which I think they kind of veer more in this in the series than the book, mm -hmm. um, is kind of like 
the either like the power that women have or also women's place in society because I know at least two characters off the top of my head are like I guess you would say gender swaps so in the book they were male and now oh, in these okay. series they're uh women so for example that's interesting um oh not Caleb um who the son William right William is now um you know goes from being the son to the daughter so that kind of plays oh. an interesting role in that as well, because it's like, you know, you've got this group who, you know, they're the order, the sons of Adam. It's all about men because, you know, Adam named everything in the Garden of Eden and Adam yeah. started it and then Eve messed it all up. It <laughs> basically is, is kind of their like narrative that they're going on. So yeah. it's kind of interesting how the series kind of pivots it to also being about, you know, so where do women fit into all of this? Um, and it, it really is an interesting comparison because it's like, wow, now not only do you have kind of like, you know, you've, you've basically got two struggles, like struggle being a woman, struggle being a black, um, struggle being a black woman, you know, yeah. sometimes like in, in a lot of people's cases in this book. So yeah, it really, I haven't gotten down into the book to see how much they dive into that specifically, but for sure the series, I think is trying to like really hit on that. I guess you would call it, um, you know, the, the cross section of each of those identities, <laughs> which I know that was a mouthful, but there's, oh, it's like, yeah. there's a lot going on here. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. I'll be interested yeah, to I... see. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just, I was going to say, I'll be interested to see how they portray a woman being like an evil type character. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like a lot of the times they're either a strong independent woman, which is great. Or they're, you know, more of like a damsel in distress but there's usually not like I'm the evil guy I'm gonna like do everything wrong of a woman so that's gonna be really cool to see yeah yeah I knew about that that gender swap so Caleb who's sort of the villain in the book is is played by a female or is a female character in the show and I so it seems like there's some intention there to (laughs) Caleb yeah yeah seems like there's some intention there to address uh, so, or wrestle with some, some gender issues a little more directly than in the book. I thought um, one of the most interesting sort of gender dynamics in the book was um, George and Hippoletta. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name <laughs> right. Um, but so, you know, they're a married couple and they exist in these sort of flipped traditional gender roles. So like they, they together, they own this, um, this travel guide uh, and, but George is the one who stays at home. He's sort of the primary caregiver for Horace, their son. And Hippolyta is the one who's sort of like out on the road, uh, yeah. you know, traveling from place to place, doing the research for the travel guide. Um, but I think that's sort of a flip-flop, you know, traditionally the, you know, the man would be the, the traveling salesman or whatever, if you're talking <laughs> about, you know, uh, traditional 50s uh, gender roles and the woman would be at home with the kids. And so I thought that was an interesting flip-flop. And it, I thought it... Um, made both of those characters more interesting in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk spoilers. All let's right. Spoiler territory. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'll, I'll stay around for the spoiler talk. And for anyone who doesn't want to hear spoilers, um, maybe skip ahead to the end. You can hear my review. <laughs> okay. So there's a lot we can talk about, but I definitely want to talk about um, Ruby and Caleb's relationship. So Ruby goes out on a date of some sorts on New Year's Eve with Caleb because she doesn't know who he is. Um, Ruby is black and Caleb is white. 
and they have a really great time, all that. And then he gives her, I guess when she's drunk or in a state, um, he gives her this potion that he says she said yes to, and she wakes up and she's a white woman with red hair. Um, and it's insane because she has this like really interesting inner struggle of saying like, you know, I don't want to be a white person. Like I like my identity, but also I get to go out. I can do things. Some guy get like, she literally knocked into some guy in the street and he bought her lunch and all of this stuff. So she has like a really interesting just inner struggle of not knowing if she should do it. If is it ethical or or what are the consequences? And then she's kind of like, even though um, Caleb treats her with respect-ish, um, <laughs> she like still feels like she's like in debt to him. So it's really interesting. Um, I don't know, me if you got to that part yet, but Ian, if you had any thoughts. Yeah, I'll shoot it to Ian first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's, you know, like as a cis white male i have not uh you know had to to be in that kind of situation or or consider that kind of uh you know magical possibility um mm-hmm. but i thought it was I, I i thought it was interesting at i mean certainly uh her fascination with uh being on the other side seeing what the other side is like that is certainly understandable her decision at the end um to kind of stick with it or or to keep using the potion uh caught me a little bit off guard again, you know, I, I understand it, but I thought it was interesting that she, um, the way that that sort of magic sets up for her is that she doesn't have to, um, she doesn't have to go all the way one way or the other because the potion wears off. And, and I think if I remember correctly, she has a, a somewhat limited supply. So it's like she can't do it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that situation, she's like, she actually can sort of have the best of both worlds. Um, you know, as long as she's sort of doing it strategically and periodically, you know, she can, she can venture over, venture over and she can, um, you know, live the, the relatively unencumbered life of a white woman and she can, you know, have a different kind of job and, and sort of explore this, um, you know, this other part of society. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, both in, in how the, the paradox is set up for her and that there's this sort of way through where she can be both, you know, she can have a foot in both worlds. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's reminding me, and I was looking this up so I can make sure it's the right one. It's reminding me of uh, the Toni Morrison novel, The Bluest Eye. Um, in which I believe it's about um, it's about this uh, black girl who um, is mocked for being black uh, and it would just be her dream to be white so that she could stop facing you know all the hardship that goes along with being black Um, it says during the during the great depression so kind of close to this this uh, the setting of the story Um, but it really is I think that plot line is kind of like a it's in a way like a privilege checker, especially for, you know, someone to realize just how easy it is to not have to be black or minority in this country. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, all of a sudden you've got the magic pass and it almost seems like, you know, all your, your um, problems go away. And again, it's not, to, I'm not putting anything on Ian. You're, you're totally fine. There's, nothing, <laughs> there's definitely nothing wrong with you. And, uh, and, um, uh, you know, thankfully, I haven't had to experience 
the the hardships that went on back in the civil rights movement and you know air all that and even before then but yeah, I think that was an interesting plot point. It's kind of like, you know, you've got this key now. What does it mean to change your race, to change almost completely who you are in this country? Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, that goes down so many other rabbit holes, like the, um, what was the woman's name? Like Rachel Dolezal when she was a white oh, woman, yeah. trying to look <laughs> black and, you know, yeah. the borrowing of culture, cultural appropriation. It just, it, it, that opens up so many doors. I was interested too, to kind of yeah. see that that was a plot line in the book on top of, again, and all the monster and the horror. <laughs> yeah. I know. And it's worth noting that the white woman that she becomes when she takes this potion is not just like any old average white woman. She's like this beautiful, striking, mm-hmm. you know, like movie star looks redhead. And so, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole other level of privilege that comes yeah, with being yeah. a beautiful person as yeah. well. <laughs> so many layers. Um, so we haven't even gotten to all the monsters. So I guess to, as we're getting closer to the end here, let's talk about monsters, all the horror and how it uh, ties into the show. Mia, have you finished the show? I've, so they gave me the first five episodes, okay. which is basically half of the season. Um, okay. I will note that right out of the gate, there are monsters, which I, okay, cool. when I've been reading it, it was a real slow burn. And they were like, no, in the first episode, you're going to have some monsters. So oh, nice. that, that's that. <laughs> Got to draw us in somehow. People who haven't <laughs> read the book, they're like, monsters, here. Yeah. Um, cool. So what can we talk spoilers of the show? I mean, I don't mind... If you don't, Ian, if you want to just tell us some of the <laughs> monsters that you've seen. In the show? Yeah, 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 in the show. Okay, how can I <laughs> navigate? Because then I, I also don't want, I, I want to be courteous to HBO and not give away all the stuff. Okay. I'm in a, in a weird <laughs> position because it's like, well, if you read the book, there's probably, you know, you're going to get all the spoilers, but, you know, mm-hmm. speaking relatively to the series. Um, and the very first one episode... There is a <laughs> I'm treading these waters very lightly. Something um, creepy happens. Yes, yeah, something <laughs> creepy. There's a reference to those. Um, they talked about in the book the the sugars or something oh, like that. Oh yeah. I this is a book of me not being able to pronounce names. But <laughs> yeah. Um, that um, we saw like in the trailer, there was that weird zombie looking thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Sprang to life. So that's something that happens. That. <laughs> was pretty scary i think the series is more scary actually than reading the book and Mm -hmm. i think they really tried to drive that in um there's the haunted house of course uh and things things actually do play out really pretty differently uh at least from where i i i read compared to the novel so Mm -hmm. i think that that's something that i'm gonna leave spoiler free for the series if you want to talk if y'all want to talk about the haunted house in the book you know that that's fine to talk about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was surprised in the book. I felt like, um, like I, we were talking about before we started, but like I read the book a couple months ago and, uh, you know, got it from the library. So I didn't have it on hand to, to go back and, and review, but I don't remember a lot of the monsters in the book. I don't feel like the, the, uh, the supernatural creatures were that front and center. Um, mm-hmm. I do remember, 
sort of in the first chapter as they're as they're traveling to Ardmore, there's sort of a monstrous presence in the forest, but I don't remember I don't think they ever really see it. It's like a, a shadow and a noise, sort of like the mm-hmm. um the smoke monster in the first uh first yeah. season of Lost. Yeah. Um <laughs> and even like later on, like there's a couple other like uh in, in Hippolyta's chapter, there's a couple specific monsters. There's some stuff in, in um the chapter about uh Letitia's house. Um but I like I, I didn't leave the book with any sort of like visual memory in my mind of what those monsters looked like or what they were. So there, there is sort of like the, uh, a, a supernatural presence in the book, but it didn't feel like sort of mm. outright monster horror in the same way some, you know, other books have that I've read or, you know, other shows or movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree actually. And I know there was one part, so I had watched like the trailer for the show first before I read the book and we were all like, oh my gosh, is that Cthulhu? Like we saw the tentacles and everything. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I think in the book, there is one part that they say like tentacle type things, but I feel like they just weren't even sure of what it was. So it was hard for yeah. me to get a visual. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it really is kind of like an underhanded play at the monsters, which to me is fine. Like I really like when it comes to horror with me, I really don't need like a whole lot of jump scares and a whole lot. Of, yeah. I'm more of like a thriller person. So as long as it's kind of yeah. mysterious and creepy, I like that vibe. Uh, and so I think that's what the novel does perfectly. Um, but definitely when you watch the show, I think it's kind of really ramped up. I think just for TV's sake, because you want yeah. you know, something exciting and something to keep you going. So it's like, oh, it is there and it's in your face. <laughs> One of the episodes, actually, the Haunted House episode was, like, really kind of creepy. I was like, we're watching this late at night. (laughs) I'm really excited. Yeah, it made me think a little bit of the, um, was it called The Outsider, the show that was just on HBO that ended a couple months ago based on the Stephen Mm -hmm. King book. That was the same kind of thing, like, that book, or that, um, I did not read that book, but I watched the the series, and the show felt scary to me. but I, you don't ever really see the monster, at least until you get pretty far to the end. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's not like uh, a monster monster in the same way you think about it in other ways. Um, but yeah, that, that seemed like a, a, maybe a, a closer parallel to the book, but it sounds like the show's going to uh, go a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like it. Um, okay. I guess just to close up, what are we just more, most excited to see in the show? Um, Mia, you can say what you're most excited to see in that second half. Yeah. Um, just like any closing thoughts about the show as we're going to start to see it next week. Yeah. Yeah. I guess for my closing thoughts, um, I think just kind of overall, I'm excited to see because I feel like the first where you got like the first chapter of the book sets up something where it could have been really, that first chapter could have been really long and filled with all these different sort of things. But then to me, it kind of felt like they, you know, you go to the, them buying the house and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, we're just going to completely forget about what happened. But then it's like, no, it all ties back into the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just kind of excited to see, for me, how they kind of tie up this broader mystery of, you know, Atticus and his heritage and the Braith lights and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of moving pieces going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see the structure too. Um, so I didn't know anything about the book. I saw the, the very first trailer when it came out and I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. And so I, I looked up the book. I went and got the book from the library and I started reading it. And uh, 
like what you see in that first trailer seems like it's almost all from the first chapter of the book. So as I was yes. reading the first chapter yeah. of the book, I thought <laughs> this, this arc is the whole, you know, it's the whole thing. And yeah. then sort of as I was going through that chapter, I was like, wow, this is going really fast. Like they're going <laughs> to, you know, they're going to burn this out. They're going to get to the, you know, and yeah. you get to the end of the chapter and you're like, Oh, that's the, you know, that was what I thought the whole story was. And it's already over. Um, and I, I, I read an, uh, an interview with Matt Ruff where he talked about one of the, inspirations for the book was these like serial TV shows, things like the X files mm-hmm. and this idea of, um, you know, sort of like a, a monster of the week kind of thing versus this, this larger narrative that sort of ties together. And he wanted to kind of play with both of those. And so I'm interested to see how that works out in the show and whether they go one way or the other, because, um, you know, it, it, I could see it working in both ways. Maybe it works sort of as a, as, as uh, like what we've come to expect from like prestige TV in this era, it, it works probably better as a closed loop as a single season as kind of this one long narrative arc. But I think there also is a really interesting TV show uh, to be made too, that's set in this world and follows these characters for multiple seasons yeah. while they explore supernatural phenomenon and sort of exist in this, you know, this Jim Crow era. Um, there, there'd be a lot of interesting stories to tell in that way too. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, how the, the showrunners strike the balance between those two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, because from what I've seen, they do kind of move through the material, so they don't just linger like on the first chapter, the second chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do not, I do not know how they wrap it up. So I don't know if mm-hmm. they leave it open ended for more for a second season. Like Ian said, I would agree that I would definitely love for this not to be a one time thing. Yeah. Um, but then again, I do understand like if they end up wanting it to be like a limited series or a mini series and they're like, okay, we, we adapted the whole book and now we're done. It's like, okay, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to start watching it. Yeah. 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 It's a good, I've got my, for anyone who's interested, I'll plug my review over on fansided.com. We just mm-hmm. um, got a brand new, Lovecraft Country section. So you'll find all of our reviews there, recaps. We've got some excellent coverage planned because it is coming out yeah. on August the 16th. That's a Sunday. It's coming up quick. Um, but yeah, just in general, I definitely loved it. It is the series overall. They've really ramped up the horror. Um, the actors are amazing. Jonathan Majors, Journey, uh, Smollett, Courtney B. Vance is awesome (laughs) Um, and they just make for really good kind of trio and you know as you circulate the characters they all kind of work and they fit and they make sense so I'm excited I think if you like horror you'll like it if you like you know just regular old HBO dramas you'll still probably like it Mm sci-fi you'll like it and there's some comedic moments of course kind of like (laughs) in the book so I'm yeah I'm excited to see it's kind of like I technically won't see a new episode for at least five or six weeks <laughs> so I'm like oh gosh I'm hanging in there but uh, yeah I'll be fine I'll be fine guys <laughs> all right well Ian thank you for joining us we're glad to have a yeah. fellow, so for, fellow fan <laughs> yeah thank you so much for having me on and I'm looking forward to watching and and listening to the podcast all the way through thank you all right well everyone yeah thanks if you are enjoying this podcast don't forget to leave us a good review over on your listening thing of choice (laughs) apple spotify google all those beautiful things 
a nice dazzling nice dazzling review for us um and we'll keep delivering episodes every monday um next week will be our first episode where we discuss the first episode of this series i'm really excited for that (laughs) Alrighty then signing off everybody thanks for listening and we'll see you next week thank you (laughs) save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.